Hello everyone and welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the podcast for poker players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And we are here as always bringing you some hands we played badly uh, to talk to you about them. Some t tricky spots we've been in, some interesting stuff, maybe learn a few things. Ah, but I don't know if we'll learn anything, but maybe someone will get something out of it. Yeah, they'll be like they'll learn what donks we are. Did you get uh, your usual uh, best bet Orange Park sessions in this week? Um, yes, I had some crazy sessions actually. I was like in the past two weeks, I think I had like a plus two k. Or sorry, I had like a minus two k session, a plus two k session, and a minus two k session. Something like it wasn't quite that extreme, but it was almost that. So definitely wow. some interesting ones, some action games. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The, well, the games up here are not quite that action-y, but continuing to learn more and more about the state of poker here, you know, I, I have to say after playing for a bit, a bit more at Encore Boston and then getting up to, to Chasers in New Hampshire a little bit more, it's kind of, there's a really weird dynamic where I feel like the games in New Hampshire, at least at 1-3, which is where I've played, and they still don't really run 2-5 or like one table at most, but when I play 1-3, the players are cons like the games are consistently better, but there usually aren't aren't that many. That it's tough to find like a maniac or like someone who mm -hmm. is just completely spewing. But like the regs are like not that good. Like the people who sure. I see there all the time and are like have big stacks. I'm like this person is like a pretty ABC player. Right. Whereas at Encore, the average player I would say is better, and like the regs there are good, and there are a lot of people there who are actually who I think are actually quite good and like really know what they're doing. But you are also more, and there are way more tables, probably 3x the amount of tables, but you are way more likely to run into a guy who is just, like, there for some other reason and is mm -hmm. absolutely, like, you know, wasted and just, like, shoving chips in for the fun of it. So it's kind of an interesting decision of, uh, of figuring out where to play, where it's like, well, I mean, I feel like if you play in New Hampshire, you can really grind it up, you know, in the long term. But at Encore, if you, especially if you table select well, which is tough when there's so many tables, but it's like, you know, if you can find the one with like a couple of guys who are just absolutely, you know, spewing, Plaster. then you have a, you probably have a, a great opportunity. And they made the drinks free again. Woo woo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, okay. Well, do you want to start us off? I do. I do. So I have a hand. So I met a gentleman the most recent time I played at Orange Park who I think he's very good at poker, uh, he, which is very exciting. Uh, very cool guy. Um, and we he's also an action player. He was straddling. We, had a, we were doing the put $5 on black and red every hand, him and I, which was super fun. What a great good. way. Just let me interject. Yeah. What a great way to drive action. I did that with like this this like nitty old man, and it even caused him to like loosen up and want to see more flops, even when obviously there's no reason to like let that affect your poker. But he was like, "Wow, yeah. this is fun!" And then he started like gambling more in poker, and I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." Yeah, we were doing it. We were also like, if someone won three in a row, then the dealer got it, and if the flop was you know three of the same color, then it was like triple the triple the payout. And if it was all five the same color, it was 5x the payout. So, you know, we were doing all sorts of silly shit. So it was a good time. Definitely recommend. Um, and this hand is going to be against that player. So cool. very capable player. Um, uh, uh, Action-y capable player. So we're eight-handed and 500 effective at 2-5. No straddle this hand. Um, so we have an early position limp in this hand. I, I don't remember exactly the seat. That's fine. Uh, and I'm in the cutoff 
with Queen of Diamonds, Nine of Diamonds, which is well within my cutoff opening range. Sorry, say that one more time. Queen of Diamonds, Nine of Diamonds. Nice. Um, I'm opening a lot of suited queens from the cutoff. Not all of them, obviously, but a, a good chunk of them. I would say like probably all the way down to Queen 7. Maybe. And are you tightening up your opening range um, either at all or significantly based on there being an early position limper? Uh, not really at this t not really given the limper was just not a very good player if it was like someone who i was like very concerned about maybe well know, if I they're thought... limping they're probably not someone to be concerned about well you never know i mean if yeah i i guess the short answer is i actually don't really remember anything about this limper i just at the time was like whatever. no i just mean in general you know if one person limps does that affect your opening range you know if three people had limped would that cause you to you know tighten up and maybe not raise so many you know so many hands is that is that a consideration oh, for, for you for sure i mean if there were three limps in front of me i'd probably just i'd probably just limp behind with this specific holding i yeah. might even i might even fold possibly i, I mean, think it depends mean, on the players yeah, to your on, left it depends on the button yeah, yeah. but I, I might fold um but uh yeah no i with one wet limper in front I, I usually pretty much ignore it um so and that's kind of what i did here i mean i made it 25 instead of 20. yeah yeah well that that i think i i did figure that but i meant more you know how might it affect your range and my that that makes sense yeah, I, I think um, if it, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm opening a lot of suited queens from the cutoff. Not all of them, but a lot of them, and pretty much all the suited kings. Um, so queen nine, I open it up. The small blind, who is the good villain, um, hold calls, which is interesting. Probably uh, restricts his he... range a decent amount towards. I mean, definitely weights it towards sort of like a small pocket pairs. Exactly. I mean, because I know he's competent and he shouldn't be doing a lot of calling from the small. Although I, I will say, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of, there is definitely a theory where at these stakes and depending on the table, you're allowed to do more calling from the small blinds just because like, you know, at the very least, you're never going to get squeezed. And I mean, if he knows you're a competent player too, then he probably shouldn't be doing it. But especially if you think you're actually going to get to realize your equity, there are times when, you know, you can somewhat call more in the small blind but I've, I've kind of come more along to your side of you know what just if you're in the small blind and you want to call just like raise and get a heads up yeah well so i guess a couple notes on that one funny that you would say that oh if he knows i'm a competent player you mean if he's like drunk off his ass but uh, no i mean because because i'm not but he he knows that a thinking player I, yeah I, i'm a thinking player that's right that's what i am so he knows that about me uh he has gathered that from a couple of hands that he asked me questions about after the hand so um so yeah i think he wouldn't just assume that you know i'm going to be very passive he's seen me get after pots um i also think i've seen him three bet a lot including with some marginal hands uh from out of from something like the small blind i think he i saw him do kind of a pretty light three bet from the big blind when there were some limpers in the way so it sort of like betting from the small yeah um so i definitely think that this is pretty restrictive to his range uh, that sure. he did those. Uh, and i was thinking about that a lot during the hand and then okay. the limper the limper comes along cool so we're going three ways i'm gonna have 80 in the pot yep just about minus the rake minus the rake yep okay yeah. and uh and yeah i think pretty standard uh, definitely good good note on you know it's interesting that when you have a competent villain, you can actually sometimes do more to narrow their range because of, of how they might play 
other parts of their range. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anyway, flop comes down now. Uh, we've got nine of clubs, four of hearts, three of diamonds. Okay, pretty pretty decent flop. We make top pair. Yeah, we have top pair. Vulnerable top pair. Um, I think, you know, it, it checks to me, first of all. No one leads this flop, which I'm not surprised. Um, I actually think probably they might be allowed to on this given board, but because um, they can definitely, I mean, I don't know. They really shouldn't have much two pairs here, but they will have more like fours and threes. I don't know. It's sort of interesting. Yeah, like, probably more fours and threes, but like we just still have like a very big range advantage. So yeah. just yeah. having all the overpairs and really none of, neither of them should have any overpair to the board. Right, that's true. None of them should have like tens. I mean, I've seen people limp call with tens. But oh, I mean, me too. I was just telling you about a hand where a villain limp called with queens, so... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on the live reg, uh, it's certainly possible. Yeah, no, no, no reads on this limper. So yeah, I, I, so fine. I think you know we probably have the best hand most of the time, and we I are vulnerable. We, yeah. So I decide. So it checks to me, and I do decide to bet this. I, I think like from a range perspective, um, I don't think checking. Like I think I maybe should check here. I might want to check like. Certainly my strongest hands here, I would check. Like nines, I would check. I might check threes and fours um, sometimes. <laughs> to be honest, I would probably still be... I, I would definitely be betting threes and fours. And I would probably be betting nines. I've kind of been thinking like a lot more about... you know. I mean, you really just have to build a pot. It's like, yes, you know, you're, like an opponent probably doesn't have a nine. But if you bet... I, I think a good a good rule of thumb that I heard, I think from, from Bart Hansen is... Um, if if you're gonna check in a live game, just bet small instead. Like if you're gonna check for deception, just like bet really small, and you'll probably get called. Yeah, I'm not necessarily looking to check for deception exactly. It's I'm more just thinking about balance because like I'm gonna have so many misses on this board, so I'm trying to think like what are the if there's any misses I want to check. You know, I have to check some made hands. I mean, maybe I would check Ace Nine, right? Because yeah, I mean, I think that makes more sense. Ace Nine or. I mean, if you're gonna pick some strong hands to check, like aces, is like probably the like the best one because you it's like the least vulnerable, mm. you know, where there's yeah, no overcards that can come out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and but you also don't need to bet all your misses multiway. I would say, I would add. Right, for sure. But I'm saying, like, yeah, that's true. I mean, but I'm not gonna check. I don't really want to check all my misses either. So no, I, of course, I think there is some balance to be had, and I mean, we can probably bet as thin, you know. For bluffs as thin as like 10-8 with a backdoor or jack-10 oh, with a backdoor. All yeah. day, all day. Yeah. Okay, um, so so we decide to bet here, which I think is fine. I mean, it's it's a vulnerable hand. Um, there are certainly some draws out there and some bluffs. And, you know, our, our, our opponents really shouldn't have too many strong hands here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I do... By the way, I do agree with your point about betting threes and fours. But anyway, um, I do bet. I bet 25. The competent villain calls in the small blind and the limper folds. Great, so we've got a heads up, um, which is nice. It's uh, if both players call, we kind of like start hating a lot of turn cards. Yeah, for sure. So I'd, I'd like getting a heads up for sure. Still in position, top pair. What could go wrong? Yeah, and, and once again, you know, he can really have like, like this sort of board is so great for like the range we think he has, which is like eights through fives. You know, it's like you know he's we can definitely get value from hands like that on this board. So. Um, so anyway, uh, the turn now comes the two of hearts. 
little duck, which puts out quite a lot, which brings in a lot of backdoor draws. It does. I mean, any ace has a draw now. Um, I mean, hearts. That's that. I mean, that's all I would really expect him to have. I guess pocket fives and pocket sixes now pick up a some additional equity. I I also think. Um, yeah, exactly. Pocket fives, pocket sixes have some more equity. Um, yeah, and I. So he checks to me, uh, which makes sense. I don't see him leading this card. Maybe with exactly ace five. I don't know. But, um, what do you like here? I think I like betting. I mean, there's, it's introduced so many draws. I kind of want to bet, um, honestly, on the larger side. Interesting. I think our hand. I mean, I think our hand is still is, is quite vulnerable. I still. I mean, not that much. Like it does. It, the deuce doesn't really change all that much. Like yes, it is a nut changing card, but like I don't think our opponent should realistically have five six or ace five, especially if he's like a good player, who is not probably not making these plays. And I don't really think he's gonna like fold a hand that picks up additional equity a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I, I, did, I was concerned that I could get raised on this card and not like it. I did not really want to get raised on this card. I didn't really want to look be in a situation where I'm playing for stacks with sort of a marginal top pair type hand. That was sort of what I was thinking. Do you think that makes some sense? I mean, I think it does make sense, but I just think he's repping such a narrow range when he raises. Like, there are, as you pointed out, like, this card, this deuce of hearts, like, just brings in so many draws that, like, it feels... I mean, if he's raising... A, if he's, like, a, a pretty aggressive player, then he's, it's probably an over-bluffed spot, if I'm, if I'm being honest, from his sure. perspective. I think that's fair. I guess, like... Like, he really yeah. only has fours and threes as value hands. Sure. Yeah, that's... I mean, he can have nines also. Okay, he has, one, yes, but one, you, I mean, it's one from what, from yeah, what yeah. you've told me, he's probably three betting nines against a cutoff open from the small yeah. blind. And there's one combo. So I'm not too... I'm not... You know, yeah, if he has nines, then, a, then whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I think that we could bet here uh, to try and get caught by draws. I just... I think we put ourselves in some uncomfortable positions, you know, because, like... I agree with you that it's probably a little over bluff, but like if I'm like wanting to go after a spot that's over bluff, I prefer to have like a much stronger hand myself. But I I don't think there are I don't think this hand is weak. I would rather have queen nine than like tens or jacks here. We have a lot more outs to improve, and we're blocking like one of the like we're significantly blocking one of the strong hands he can have. Yeah, that's a good point. So I I feel like a top pair if if he's repping a set or a bluff. Then it's like I, I, it doesn't really matter if we have an over pair or top pair. And actually, if he's if we think he might pair. be calling nine sometimes, then it's actually better to have top pair here. No, that's a good point. Um, okay, well, I, I did end up checking here, um, and, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't think checking here is awful. Like I don't mind keeping the pot small when like the nuts. Th there are obviously a lot of cards that can come on the river that can change the nuts, but like I do want to charge those hands. Like, on, on the turn. Like, I, I don't think he's going to fold, like, pocket fives now, even if we bet, like, 100 here. Because I do think, I mean, I you know, obviously we have a lot of value hands in our range, but we also have a lot of, like, we, sh we probably have a lot of bluffs here also. Like, we can definitely have a lot of heart draws in our range that continued the flop. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can have some, like, broad, you know, suited broadways that pick up a gutter, like, ace-x type of hands that pick up a gutter. So... 
I, I just think, you know, we're, if especially, you know, if you're playing somewhat balanced and you've been showing and you've had like bluffs, you've, you've been bluffing and he kind of knows that, then I think, I think we're, I, I just don't think we're going to get, you know, the, the hands that we want to call us will probably call, you know, a, a large sizing. And then we can always evaluate the river. Like, that's the nice thing about like betting turn is like, what if the river rolls off like a five and he leads? Right. You know, that's, yeah. Uh, gee, that would be interesting. I think if the river rolls off, of, you mean if we bet? And no, if we wins. check back turn, this is like kind of my problem with checking turn is that it's like there there are so many bad river cards that like we just I mean like what like what what would like if as played if the river rolls off a of five and he bets like are we just folding? No, we're. I mean, it depends on the sizing, I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd rather get the value now and have the option to, to check back River most of the time. Sure. I think that's fair. Um, well, I do check, and I, I guess, like, part of me also, at the time, I was thinking, like, I need to have some stronger hands in my checking range than I know I, against a player like this than I would against a, a random person. So I would, like, well, I should check back some top pairs, you know, so I have some top pairs in my check, in my check back range versus, like, you know, I mean, because against like an ABC person, yeah, I'm betting this board. Right? First of all, they're never going to raise me anyway, unless they have the nuts, in which case I can just fold. So, <laughs> well, it's it's uh, interesting though, because against an ABC player, also, you know, they actually have some a stronger value range, like a wider value range. Like, because I think ABC players can have Ace Nine and King Nine and Five Six and Ace Five a lot more than like a competent player who Colts called out of the small blind will have. Sure, but they also have a lot of like worse hands, like. Nine eight offsuit. That's true. There are a lot of there are a lot of nines in there in general. So, um, yeah, I, I think I just like betting. I've, I've, it's something I've been trying to work on. Is you know in position when your hand is like very strong but vulnerable, just like you know go, going for value and bet taking kind of larger sizings and you know then then also especially it's so good if you're in position because most of the time it just buys you the river decision. You know, it's it's so funny that you say that because like I always do that, and I've been trying to work on doing that, like balancing my range and not going for value as hard all the time. So it's like, yeah, but like again, you can also take a large sizing. Like you can balance, right? Like you have, but it, I, I see your point that like you know, are we doing that with all our value hands? But right, you know, so so I, you could probably go either way. As uh, I know, we both saw this this wonderful tweet from uh, Phil Galfond earlier this week. You know, that was it just it spelled it spelled out the death of bankroll burners where he said there's no point in reviewing marginal hands because if they're marginal enough for you to think about, then you're then any decision is probably fine. Right. And you're losing all your money in the hands you're not thinking about. So, yeah, Phil Galfon indicting our entire existence here. So thanks, Phil. Um, <laughs> I feel like Doug Polk. Um <laughs> Oof! Uh, Shots fired. All right, so uh, so so fine. So we check back the river, and, and or we check back the turn, and the river is the river is the seven of hearts. So this pretty much changes nothing, except uh, if he. Well, oh no, it does change quite a bit. It's seven of hearts. <laughs> it completes a flush. Also, yeah, I was like, it definitely changes something here. Um, yeah. So villain now leads. Sure. For two hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. So, overbet. Big overbet. So he's pretty much saying he has a he has a flush here. That's what he's saying. Because I didn't really think he would do this with a straight. You know, I, I thought like ace five or five six were unlikely. 
Well, I think those, I think yeah. the point is those are unlikely. Would you think he'd do this with a set? <sighs> Probably not. Because I think he can do this with a set. You think he's allowed to do this with a set in a straight? Because I think once we check back the the turn, I think that we're going to be bet. We have to be betting most of our flush draws. We have no, we to don't. be betting. We actually, don't. We don't have to be betting like ace king, ace queen, ace jack of hearts. That's we true. That's or true. diamonds. Or sorry, not diamonds. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, hearts. Um, um, we don't have to bet those. I actually would check those back a lot. Okay. I mean, so, yeah, but I, I, I do, th I do think he can probably maybe not to this sizing, but I do think he can bet. I don't know. That's interesting. Well, but the, the point is though, like, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. Like, what are the bluffs here? Like, this is what I sort of went back to pre-flop, and I was like, what's he cold calling with here as a bluff that that he's now bluffing with? And my thought was like, was like, like sixes with the six of hearts was a possibility. I thought, or like yep. eights with the eight of hearts, or fives, because uh, fives sure. even double blocks the straight, which is yeah, even better. Yeah, so I thought those were possibilities. Um, I think well, probably like I, mean, I don't really know how many like ace x with the ace of hearts he has given the cold call preflop. I I think none. And how right? how many flushes does he really have given the preflop cold call? Like, do you think maybe it's like ace nine through ace six of hearts? Because like I think pe most people are who have you know are three betting at a reasonable frequency are doing so with like the suited wheel aces. And with suited Broadway aces, so maybe like the ones in between, he's he's cold calling with. I, you're probably not supposed to take this sizing with like Ace Nine of Hearts because you block top pair. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's that's true. Although I I wouldn't be surprised if I mean I would probably take that sizing even with that in mind. Just sure. you know, I, I like I, I think that that is probably that is probably true in theory. But I would say that most players, and I, myself included, would probably gloss over that fact and say, I have flush, I bet big. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely interesting. Like, I wasn't really sure what flushes he had. I, I did think, yeah, I thought, um, like, like, this is the thing, though. I was like, six, seven of hearts? Well, he can't have six, seven of hearts, right? Because the seven of hearts is out there. Five six was already a straight, so I guess that I mean I guess that is still possible. Eight nine of hearts. Um yeah. Again, probably not the best hand to do this with, but yes, possible. I, I just didn't think there were that many flushes, but I guess more what I was thinking in the moment was about like what better hands do I have to call with here? And I was like, first of all, I want to have a heart, but I which I do not have. Right. Um I think like over pairs with a heart are the best hands to call with here, undoubtedly. I yeah, I just, I still think, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if he can do this with like a set after we check back. Like, it's kind of interesting. Where yeah. I, I'm not convinced that this is always like flushes or, or nothing. Yeah, I think he could do it with a set, in which case, like, having a nine is good because we block nine. But we're not off opening up the whole ton of offsuit hands containing a nine. So it, so to your point about what better hands do we have to call with? It's it's in, like you know that would we we'd want like a hand like a top like ace nine with the ace of hearts, but that's I don't know if we're, well, I don't that I would I might jam that hand as a bluff. Really? Yeah. I but might. like we beat I all. Thinking, I've thought about this a lot. Like I might. But we just beat all his bluffs, and he I don't think he's folding. A, I doubt he's folding a flush 
When we started he with 100 big blinds. He might fold a flush. And he's I mean, getting insane odds. If we jam here, right? Because we have to jam for... We're jamming for half pot. Yeah, that's true. Which is like, I, I don't see I, I don't see how anyone would fold it. I mean, it's a, it's a small... Again, we started well, with 100 I mean, bigs. Yeah, it's fair. I don't know. But like, I actually think having the ace of hearts here might be bad. Because I think most of his bluffs contain the ace of hearts. That's kind of why... I thought it would be bad to have an ace of hearts. That's interesting. Cause I, actually... cause I, I, just, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it's tough for him to have, as you pointed out, it's tough for him to have offsuit aces in the small blind cold calling. Also true. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's in that case good to have the ace of hearts. Yeah. But it's also tough for him to have suited aces. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I can clearly know. not drink the wine in front of me. <laughs> I was so stuck on this hand. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I guess I was like, how many better hands do I have to call with? Like, really not many as played. Like, I would check back some over pairs containing a heart on the turn, but not that many. So I think, like, top pair, just having top pair is, like, pretty darn good. Because I will have, like, lots of literal air here. I will have literal air, which I can obviously fold easily. Right. I will have that, some that's true. Because we, yeah, we could see that air that, like, you know, some other backdoor that... Yeah that we checked back the turn because we didn't pick up equity and now we can just obviously snap fold river right you know so i will have a lot of terrible hands here so i figured like having top pair is actually pretty good i think i would rather have like probably like ace three or ace four suited to like block sets but like well know. but then we then we like lose to some bluffs if you think he's bluffing yeah, with, you said if you think he's bluffing yeah. some of the hands he's bluffing are like five five and six six with a heart, then it is right. nice to have top pair because at least we beat all his bluffs. Right. So uh, this was yeah. So that's a good point. So in game, I concluded that I think my hand was just supposed to be a call. I, don't I know think I'd think probably call here. I mean, he's an action player. Like again, it's an int it's it's definitely an interesting scenario, and I'd I'd probably wind up calling. Getting curious. Yeah, I do call. Okay. And we get shown Jack Ten of Hearts. Jack Ten of Hearts. Okay. Yep. It's definitely a hand you can play as a mixed strategy from the small. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that, that's definitely fair. If you have a calling range from the small blind, Jack Ten suited is not a horrible hand to include in it. Yep. So. Of course, I say this as someone who calls out of the small blind much more than I should. So. Yeah. Stop doing that. Well, I've been working on it. I really have. Good. But some, you know, it's like sometimes it's just like so attractive. That's true. You get such a good price. All right. Well, well, so... that, and it, what, one more thing. I, I just kind of thinking about how, you know, if we had played this hand a slightly different way, back to when we were talking about the turn, you know, and thinking if, if we had bet like 100 on the turn and he had called and the river peels off the seven of hearts, if he checks to you, would you be going for thin value or against no, this I'd player? No, I'd check it back for sure. And if he leads, I mean, I guess we probably have to call anyway. Well, I don't know. Like, check call, check call, lead. You know how we feel about that. Yeah, if he leads river, it's pretty interesting. I might fold. Just, 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 just a th you know, just thinking about the the conclusion of uh, of this hand as we think about the turn. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's possible betting turn. I I'm sort of agnostic on betting turn. I see a lot of your points for doing it, and, and I certainly would do it sometimes. I I think, yeah, I, I think I could could have bet turn. Maybe would have helped me out there, but but it's right, interesting. Got, got it's interesting. You know, it's interesting to hear that you're kind of moving away from it. You know, and trying to trying to be more balanced in your checking and you know finding some top pair hands and stuff like that to check back. But I, yeah, you know, like, like if we, like, I really kind of think that if we, but I, to your other point, I think like if we bet turn and he raises, we're just like allowed to call. Sure. 
Because then we're so probably few value getting an, we're probably getting an insane price on a river jam at that point. Yeah, I mean, then if a heart comes on the river and he jams, like, okay, sucks, sucks to be us, but like, you know, we were ahead when we put it in on when we got in on the turn, you know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Okay. All right. So I've got a hand uh, from this is from Encore Boston Harbor. Um, the villain in this hand uh, is a quite interesting villain. He's a kind of younger Asian guy. He is raising a lot of pots. He's playing pretty aggressive. Um, he has also been playing for 17 hours um, at this table. And he has a stack of about 2.2k. Okay. So, kind of a fun fun note. You know, we were, everyone was like, wow, I can't believe you've been here for, you know, 17 hours. How are you? you know, the dealers would come by and be like, how were you awake? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um... So the effective stack here is going to be me. I've got about 440. Um, the table, other than that, I would say is pretty typical. A lot of like limping, calling. Like he's he's really one of the only ones doing a whole lot of raising with with a bunch of different hands. Um, and the way this hand starts is it's one three. There's no straddle on, uh, and he opens to 15, as he's been doing a bunch okay. of uh, from the low jack. The hijack calls, uh, and I am on the button with ace five of diamonds and make it 55. A little small, right? It's, I mean, it's a five, $5 low. Sometimes I, you know, I don't necessarily, if, especially if I'm on the button, like, I don't mind going a, t a touch lower with, like, if, if one of the, like, if there's a random flatter in, because I just don't think they're going to be calling a whole lot regardless. Fair enough. Okay. Sure. So, but, you know, I, he's been opening a lot, so I'm like, this is a great time. I'm on the button. I've got a, you know, the premier candidate for three bet bluffing. Yeah, absolutely. The famous ace five suited. Um, and only the low jack calls. Cool. So we've got basically 125 in the pot, uh, including the. Let's see. Yep, we got about 125 in the pot. Um, we've got about 385 left behind and moving on to the flop which uh, is a pretty interesting one as I feel like I say a lot but you know why would I be bringing these hands on if they're not interesting okay so the flop comes um, ace of clubs king of diamonds jack of hearts so kind of interesting flop um, we've got top pair with a backdoor flush draw obviously no kicker um, and he checks it over to me so I mean I think I think we pretty much have to continue on a board like this. Um, yep. I mean it's a three bet pot, especially honestly. You know I might I might find some checks or uh, some check backs in a single raised pot, holding sure. a weak top pair. Like it's definitely a, quite a dynamic board. Um, you know, and we can kind of navigate later streets. Like we probably just call down later streets if he starts betting. Uh, but but in a three bet pot, I just think we have to be betting here. Agreed. I think you have to bet. I think you should use a pretty small sizing. Yep, so I, I bet 35 into 125. Yeah, I like it. I might even go a, a hair smaller. Yeah, it is It is a hair smaller. I was kind of thinking, like, this board is so good for my range. You know, there's no reason to bet big. We can kind of keep all, try and keep all his hands in, or all his paired hands at least. Um, and he calls. So now we've got uh, 195 in the pot and uh, 350 behind. And the turn comes... The eight of spades, so it's pretty much a brick. It actually completes the rainbow, so 
No, no flush draws are available. Um, and he now checks it back over to me. Interesting. I, I don't know if we should really. I, I don't know if we should be betting here. I think we're. I think we're actually. I mean, in our three betting range, we're we're pretty. We're we're like pretty far down it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's tough to start thinking what you're gonna get called by. That's worse, I guess. Like there are certain. I mean, there's like queens probably, and like jacks. Well, jacks are a set. Sorry, uh, Jackson said so. So it's just like queens. Yeah. So I, I think I would just check here. Yeah, maybe king queen. Do you think king queen would call a second barrel here? It well, maybe, but the, he also might check raise that hand, and I don't know that you were particularly wanting to be check raised here. No, I, I'm obviously a... not. And in the moment, I was kind of thinking, you know, how can I go for value here? Like, how often is he going to raise on a board like this? And like, maybe set. Like, I think he. I, I just don't know if he really wants to raise. I'll do a whole lot of raising on this board, given like how much it smashes me. Yeah, agreed that he probably isn't raising a lot of hand. I mean, so but this is the sort of villain who might raise you as a bluff for sure, right? Yeah, I, I'd say um, so. So, so you know, I, I he's probably not doing a lot of raising, but he's got to if he has some raises here. I don't know. I mean, some of the hands that like that you're like that you're hoping to get called by, I think certainly you might get called. They might call you like an ABC player might call you with them, but you might get raised here. So I don't know. I kind of like a check back. Okay, I I do wind up checking it back. I kind of think like, yeah, my ace is like super weak. Like, you know, if he's calling, if he's doing a whole lot of calling us on two streets in a row, then like he's probably weaker than an ace. I did want basically. I did wind up checking it back. Um, I thought you know if there if he does have a hand containing an ace, he's obviously going to be calling. If he raises, I can't really withstand a raise. And, like, you know, basically the options are, like, if I bet big, like, I'm going to pretty much isolate hands against myself against hands that are better. And if I bet small for a second consecutive street, then it really opens myself up to getting raised as a bluff. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think your check is good. Okay. And now the river, I think the, I think the most interesting decision of this hand comes on the river. Um, so glad we've, we've motored right along as the river rolls off the ace of hearts. Hmm. So we make trips. So we make trips. Um, our we also it's worth noting we're now um, chopping with uh, any ace worse than ace jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which is and, and here's where things get really interesting. He bets fifty. Okay. Just he bets fifty. Okay. So so for for reference, the pot's around two hundred. And for anyone list just just listening, we've got ace five of diamonds. We three bet from the button against a. Uh, aggressive player who opened the low jack uh, the flop came out ace king jack rainbow we have a back door and top pair we bet we, we see bet uh, a little under a third and he called the turn was an eight of spades and went check check and now the river there's 200 in the pot we've got about 350 behind and our opponent has just led into us for 50 uh, we're, we are sitting here holding trips with a kicker that doesn't play um, but his his bet is quite small, and obviously I'm not folding here, right? My my decision here is really between call and raise. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing this with. I mean, it's such a blockish sizing. Um, like he could be. It it seems strange for him to do this with an ace, I guess. Right, I I, t I tend to agree. Um, I think I think the most likely hand is probably just like a random king, like king queen, maybe king ten. 
like one of those, like king queen suited, king ten suited. Maybe queens, but I also think this villain would be forbidden queens a lot. Sure, and and I will say too, like if he does have an ace, like if he has like a boat here, rather, you know, if he's made if he's made a boat, um, you know, I think he would take a large sizing, probably given that he's aggressive, and even a lot of non-aggressive players would probably take a large sizing. So, I think that you're right that he probably just has some sort of second pair type hand. I think that if you were to raise here, I mean, I don't know. He might get curious and he might just fold. I, as long as you're not really con afraid of, if, like, if you're planning to call down a jam, then I think you should just, I think there's no harm in raising. I think I would probably raise not very much. I'd probably raise, like, 100 on top, maybe. Do you think we can, like, jam here? Um... What's your reasoning for wanting to do that? Well, if we're going to bet small and we think he's going to get curious, I mean, players get it, a lot of times like play like that when people just like jam for like a silly amount. And this, by the way, wouldn't even be that silly of an amount. It would be like a, it would basically be a pot sized raise if I were to jam. You know, I, I think that that players might kind of level themselves into a call a lot with like a second pair type holding. Especially when I check back the turn, and that's kind of something I've, I... Originally, I was thinking, you know, should I be betting? Should I be raising? You know, is there a some play to raise small here? But I think a raise small just, like, is never... Get, is, like, going to get called so rarely by, like, a king or a jack or, you know, whatever he's kind of blocking with. I don't know that you're right that a small raise is going to be folded to. I think, like, he might... If he's sort of a thinking player, he might be like, oh, the price is so good. He might... Like, I think you open up a chance for him to make a mistake. I think the problem with a jam is it's so easy to rationalize a fold. That's true. It's like, it's just so easy. It's like, well, yeah, muck it, you know? But for especially like, like, you know, if someone's some sort of stubborn old guy who thinks that you're pushing people around, maybe he would call. But I think if this guy is a thinking player, he's just going to be able to be like, well, I guess I'm never good here, you know? So, but I think if you just made it small, he's like, ah, I don't have to be good that often. You might just flick it in. Do you think if I jam, I'm ever folding him off a chop? Like, if he has ace-10 and I jam, do you think he he is ever going to find a fold? Uh, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I don't, th I, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I, th I just thought it was a really interesting decision. I actually kind of... I landed on call. I basically okay. thought, like, I, I just think when he does this bet, like, I'm just never getting called. Like, if he is, if he's kind of using this block sizing, he's probably bet folding anyway, because, like, he knows that I can have some aces in my range. Um, so I, I eventually, I think about it for a while, cause I, and kind of think about the various different raise sizes. I probably like a small raise, but then I, that, that, that does commit us to a jam if he is, but I mean, that's probably fine. Right. To call a jam. But I, I, I decide to call and he basically like shakes his head and mucks. Oh, so he was just bluffing. Yeah. I mean, I, basically, he looked really reluctant to show his card, so I just showed mine because he was definitely. I mean, you know, he wasn't he wasn't like a GTO wizard as far as I could tell. He was more just like a fun player who was running super hot and enjoying a nice long session. So I didn't feel any need to like see his hand. You know, I was just like, sure. yeah, I have an ace. You know, and. And he did muck, so so maybe he had like a jack. Like I feel like he probably would have shown a king quickly, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess also if he's just bluffing, I mean, whatever. I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those spots where I was like, this price, this like bet is so weird. And and honestly, it does kind of make sense for him to take the size with a bluff sometimes, maybe. Because it's like, if I, if I like, you know, precisely for kind of the reasons we're talking about, where like, if I have nothing, like, I'm obviously going to have to fold. Like, there's so many overcards to like, you know, there's there's certainly a portion of my three betting range that's going to just be like garbage here. Um, and it's, you know... And it's tough to raise for value because of the sizing where I'm like, well, if I, I just don't feel like I'm ever getting called when I raise. So, just... No, I, I, actually, I actually really don't think it makes sense for him to take the sizing as a bluff because I actually think you would probably call with, like, a lot of hands. Like, yeah, but even... am I calling with, like, tens or, like, jack ten? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I might. For sure, for such as for getting five to one, sure. Yeah, so so it, I think it I think it's just a kind of an interesting spot where I was uh, definitely not 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 sure not sure what to do and what what value I could get. But I think again, you know, another spot where you know it's probably reasonable to go either way. But wanted wanted to hear your input as I'm as a, you know, especially as a common theme of our podcast recently has been uh, how to get how how to how thin can we go for value? For sure. Okay, well, we're gonna take a we're gonna step away quickly because we have a guest for you, a returning guest, a famously returning guest, everyone. So stay right there. All right, everyone, we are back with our special returning guest. It's Ah. Say hi. Hey, Aw. what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. When you were here last time, you talked about a sick uh, two thousand big blinds deep heads up hand. So we're yeah. Yeah, that was very deep. <laughs> oh, it was crazy! It was uh, like one of the one of the coolest hands we've had. Um, I feel like all our all our guest hands have been uh, kind of nutty. So uh, we're we're you know we're holding you to a high standard here. Yeah, you okay. better. Okay, I, I this is probably like one of the craziest hands I've ever played. It's actually like the biggest pot I've played. So. All right. Well, but before we get into mm -hmm. that though, I do want to ask you. So you're you're in Texas, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, where's the best place to play poker in Texas? Best place to play poker? Yeah, well, the places that I usually frequent are um, TCH, Dallas, and then Poker House. But Poker House is uh, closing down for now uh, because of some uh, legality issues. But Poker House action is really good. But, you know, TCH, I like TCH, Dallas. Have you been up to the other parts of the state with the rooms like the Lodge and... You know, the, uh, like, 52 so, Social and the other ones that people talk I about. I haven't really played in Austin that much. But from, like, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of my friends, Rounders is probably, probably like, the most juicy place to play at. That's in San Antonio. Mm. Right? Um, it's a ton of action there. They have, like, a 1-2 uncapped game. I know people that, like, you know, are making a $200 hourly in that game. It's It's actually nuts. Yeah. So, but, yeah. I, I just have to ask about this place being closed down. Is this the place that was, like, raking the pot? No, no, this wasn't the place I was raking the pot. Okay. All I right. think this place was closed down because uh, legal issues pertaining to the fact that, like, they never changed before they became, like, a poker house, right? The property was, like, a strip club, and they never really changed the... Yeah, you know, business on uh, on like the official papers from like you know strip club to a poker room. So there's like legal issues pertaining to that. From my understanding, I could be wrong. 
But... Well, the, the strip club zoning laws are very restrictive, as we know. So naturally, yeah. they really shouldn't have they shouldn't have stepped in that one. I mean, that's just you mm -hmm. know, yeah, that... error right there. Right. I mean, again, again, that might not be the whole issue, but that's like sort of pertaining to what. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people talk about regarding the like poker legality in Texas, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like they're they're very much operating on a on a line. It's of... a very gray line because TCH, at least the TCH Dallas right now, is undergoing like you know they're kind of battling with the uh, the Dallas uh, County because Dallas County is trying to like stop card houses in uh, Dallas. And they got, like, an extension the last time they were in front of, like, the court. But I don't know the current standing of it right now. But it's, like, it's a very gray line for now. I mean, it's Texas Hold'em, man. How can you try to ban it in Texas? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. But they built a new uh, TCH, actually, in uh, Las Colinas, TCH Social, which is, like, a really good place. Um, you know, they have, like, a bar now. They have a restaurant and stuff. And the game is, like, catering more towards, like, recreational players. Like, they don't offer a uh, 2-5 matches stack game anymore because, like, you know, there's a lot of uh, pros infestating that game, kind of making it, like, unfriendly for someone that wants to play 2-5, right? Like, there's, like, $10,000 stacks there. So they made it, like, 2-5, 1.5K cap. It's much more reasonable. Which is still yeah. quite deep, by the way. No, it, it's definitely deep. <laughs> That's but interesting. It's definitely a lot less threatening for someone that just wants to play 2-5 than, like, you go to the table with $1,000 and there's, like, $4,000, $5,000 stacks on average. Yeah, that's just whack. No, I mean, mm -hmm. well, that's good. Yeah, I think a lot of places are trying to make that move, you know, like... Yeah. Um, like, I heard Win has finally capped their games. In right. All right, well, mm -hmm. let's get into this hand here. So is this an online hand or an in-person hand? Uh, this was an online hand. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so like a home game type of hand. Yeah, yeah, it was in an online home game. The game initially started as a one-one with a one-dollar ante, not a big blind ante, <laughs> but like a one-dollar ante from everybody, right? Right. Wow. So if the, if this is a ring, if this is a full mm -hmm. ring, then there's eleven dollars yeah. of dead money in the pot. There's eleven dollars of dead money in the middle, so it's like a five-six, right? And, you know, everybody, like, bought in deep immediately. Like, everybody bought in for, like, a thousand. So the game got pretty big pretty soon. Um, I unfortunately found myself on, like, the cooler end of, like, a bunch of different spots. And, you know, I was, I was stuck a lot in a 1-1, one, one, $1 ante online home game. Right? Okay. And yeah. then eventually, you know, what, like, games, you know, it just reached like a ludicrous proportion when it became a sh like became shorthanded where people are like okay you know we don't have that much antis in the middle let's make it like two two with a two dollar ante two two with a two dollar ante and how shorthanded are you at this point we're we're like five max we have five people so yeah. well that's still what, 14 dollars of dead money mm -hmm. and what's the effective stack in this hand the effective stack is 5.3k Okay. Wow. So so right. it's kind of, it's, so it's probably playing like a five ten game. So it's yeah, like yeah, five hundred like five ten. Five hundred big blinds, which is quite mm -hmm. deep. So what's yeah, the standard very... open is like thirty dollars or so? So yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um I was opening to twenty 
from early position and opening to 25 from later positions. Oh, okay, so not quite 30. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, if, yeah, I guess it's, like, it's kind of somewhere between 2.5 and 5.10. But, like, you, you know, our listeners have to understand that, like, playing between 2.5 and 5.10 online is a massive game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're seeing so many more hands per hour, like... Yeah. It's just the, the swings. The swings just get crazy. I mean, the effective stack is like the stacks are like five k. That's that's yeah. that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. And, yeah. And on paper, you're twenty five hundred big blinds deep. So okay. So yeah. What what? How does start us off? How does this hand start? Uh, so there's a pretty good reg. I'm pretty sure like you guys have like known him, Kai. Okay. Yep. Kai. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Kai opens the cutoff to twenty, right? And folds to me, I'm in the small blind with queens, I make it 80, and in retrospect, I should have made it bigger since we're this deep. Do you have the suits of your queens by any chance? Yeah, the queen of spades and the queen of hearts. Perfect, just helps with the the display for our our viewers. So cool, we're in small blind with queen queen, make it 80. Sorry to interrupt. In retrospect, I could have made it bigger, but then I remembered, like, there's another point that I went over with somebody. Like, once you reach a certain level of depth, right you want to make your opening sizes bigger but when you reach like a deeper level you want to keep your opening sizes the same it's weird yeah i've heard this this seems like mm-hmm. some esoteric you know beat yeah. math that we just have to listen to so that sounds yeah weird. okay 80 and then in general i'm like do i really want to bloat the pot too much with like you know <clears throat> Uh, I mean, Queens is a really good hand, don't get me wrong, but we're super deep, and I'm playing against, like, you know, a really good wreck. So, yeah, like, I made an 80. I mean, it, especially, like, I don't know how you... I, I've never played with Kai, and I don't know mm-hmm. how, how you perceive yourself relative to Kai, but, like, yeah. like, you know, if you perceive you're someone as, like, better than you, and you're out right. of position to them, you obviously don't want to play, like, a huge pot. Yeah, yeah. It's one so, of those... I make it 80. He four bets me to 320. That's, yeah, that's a huge four bet. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. A massive four bet in position, right? And I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm still not folding queens like a capable player. Like, you know, if there's like, there's some players that I'm just going to snap fold in this spot because it's always aces or kings, right? But, you know, Ty is not one of these players. He is capable, Right, yeah. he's capable of doing this uh, with. Unlike, uh, that, unlike that knit corn, he would probably only do this with. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. I think there's like a hand forever ago where like he four bet me with like ace four offsuit BVB. It's just insane. That that guy's interesting. He um, used his randomizer, and that was the 07 <laughs> percent chance that Pio gave him. He, he rolled a D one hundred. Okay, so yeah, so all right, so he makes it three twenty. Well, Josh, you were gonna say something earlier, I think. Oh, I, I, I was just gonna say, you know, it, it was, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty basic level stuff, but you know, obviously, uh, it was uh, just thinking about sizing, and I mean, his sizing too is the deeper you get, it's like also, you know, you're kind of incentivized to not like shovel money in with one pair because, yeah. like, if stacks are going in, like the odds that one pair is good just like plummet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I kind of don't mind your you know four X sizing, but anyway he so he four bets and you basically decide we're just calling. Do you right. are you five betting anything this this deep in a like five handed game? No, I don't I don't think so. 
I think there's spots where I will have five bets that I've been looking into because I've been getting screwed over and like you know button versus small blind uh, four bet pots where like button will uh, four bet me and like I looked at it on uh, GTO Woods and stuff and I'm supposed to be like five betting kings aces ace king suited there out of position but like here this incredibly deep I just I'm not five betting really and maybe but- I can five bet aces and kings for value but like against a capable player like Kai who I think will be folding jacks and tens here and queens even if I five bet right I'd rather just call yeah, I don't mind. I, I don't mind just calling. I was I was just kind of asking, and I, I I also you know to your point, but yeah. button versus small blind is different than cutoff versus small blind, so would be yeah, less inclined yeah, to five bet here. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, so it's yeah. like six forty in the middle. Six fifty. Uh, six fifty. Yeah. And you go to six fifty in the middle. The flop is six five deuce rainbow. Pretty safe board for me, right? You don't know the suits. Uh. No, I don't have the suits. That's fine. That's, That's fine. Yeah. Five, three, de- six, three, deuce, rainbow. Six, five, deuce. Six, five, deuce, rainbow. Yeah. So perfect. So ace five deuce, or sorry, ace five has a pair. Rather is what I meant to say. Yeah. There you yep. go. It's, there's something. Pair three right four here. has a straight. So you know, really got to be worried about that portion of his. Yeah, got to worry about. Be worried about three four. Uh, I check. He bets hundred and sixty two, which is like around twenty percent pot. Interesting. That seems yeah. is that small? I don't I'm not familiar with like this level of depth, but that seems mm-hmm. too small to me. I feel like he it seems to me that as a four better, he should be and like the fact that this board shouldn't really interact with either of your ranges at all. He seems mm-hmm. like he should be allowed to just hammer this. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that's I, I mean I, I don't know again I am in your boat, yeah. Mike, where I have no idea how to how being deep stacked really affects this. But mm-hmm. yes, I, I think I, like if he he's just allowed to just start betting enormous because yeah, he's trying to pile money in with his like aces, kings, right? It just puts you so in I, such I, an I awful spot, like by the river. Bet. Yeah, uh, I mean, I uh, the twenty percent C bet, like a lot of his range will be like eight pots, right? So I think that's why he wants to go twenty percent here because I don't think you know. Ace King, Ace Queen suited, Ace Jack suited. These hands that would four bet in the spot don't really want to like bet massive and get raised. Or at least that's like my thinking process behind the twenty percent pot bet. But, but what kind of raising are you allowed to do on this board? I mean, this I again, mean, like, this board shouldn't interact with you at right. all. I mean, it can right because like I have more sixes and fives than him. If I were ever to three bet these, and if I were to three bet these, I'm not folding six and sixes and fives this deep to a four bet. Sure, that's yeah. probably fine. But I, I guess I guess mm-hmm. like even so, I I don't know that you should ra- you would raise necessarily, right? I mean, maybe you would raise to this really small sizing actually, but mm-hmm. I don't know that you would raise if he just bets really large. You know? Yeah. I don't know that you're always, at least maybe you would sometimes, but I don't know that you're always raising sixes and fives. Mm-hmm. I, I also think, like, he's out of your three-bet defense range. Like, what mm-hmm. hands is he getting to fold with this size? Uh, I don't think he's getting much to fold. But, like, I I think his general range, right? I mean, he's if he has, like, aces or kings, he's at the top of his range. But, like, he has a lot of ace highs, so he has to like 
display his range here, right? Which, like, when over uh, over pair advantage is pretty equal here, I'd say, right? I think both of us have an equal amount of aces, kings, and queens. Well, right? maybe if you're never five betting, that's true. But mm -hmm. if you, but he doesn't know that. And, and mm -hmm. theoretically, you do have a five bet range. So right. I think he. I think this his range is stronger than yours here. I'm pretty sure. Just maybe. Like, at least in theory. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I think right. my take on this is that, like, our range is pretty neutral here, right? And when your range is pretty neutral and, you know, no one has, like, a clear nut advantage on a board, you just typically range bet smaller. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about that, but... I, I think it. I think that is true in general. That when it's mm -hmm. yeah, you're not supposed to bet large when you don't have a significant range advantage. But like, I, right. I guess the question is like, do you, does he have a range advantage here or not? But okay, I think we're getting too in the weeds. So he bets small. What do you do? I just flat. I mean, you know, no point in raising. I don't think so. I, it's like that's deep. I don't think Wayne wants to be like shoveling money in in the middle when he like four x four bets me pre right. Yeah. Like, do you make anything of his four bet sizing? Like, does that? Do you think that means anything? So when you four bet like that big, I'm like, okay, this is what I get for like, you know, let's backpedal a bit for like choosing a smaller uh, three bet sizing this deep, because like he's been roughly balanced with his sizings throughout like the game from what I've noticed. Like he's been using larger sizings when people weren't like adjusting to like the anti sizing properly. Right? Like, they would open to a sizing which probably doesn't exist. Like, they'd open to, like, half pot or something, and he would immediately punish it by, you know, like, three-betting 5x for, like, you know, what his regular, you know, what the pot would have been if the person opened regularly any three-bet, like, the sizing he was supposed to. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so I guess, you know... I guess, yeah, like you said, nothing to do about call. I don't know, Josh, what do you, what do you think? Is there yeah. a to raising here? I don't think so. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty mm -hmm. much going to probably fold out most hands, like probably all hands. Well, I guess if he's if he's betting, like, it's it's interesting to raise. If It kind of depends on what you think his four betting range looks like. Because, you know, if you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, if you five bet, he's going to be folding out, like, a lot of his pairs under yours. You know, and if you think yeah. he's four betting jacks and tens a lot, then yeah. we probably are ahead of his. I mean, we're at least, you know, like even with his calling range, it kind of mm -hmm. depends on how wide he's four betting, right? Like if he's, if he's four betting like nines and eights at all, then like, mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of makes me lean towards a raise here. Yeah. So I didn't think that he would ever four bet nines or eights, right? It Fair. doesn't really make sense. Like why yeah. would nines and eights want to four bet? Just want to see a flop. T totally uh, reasonable. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, when you see that's a small, a lot of this range is going to be ace highs, which, you know, I could use some protection from, but at the same time, I have, like, queens this deep in a four-bet pot. just does not seem like, you know, a good idea to just be shoveling money in the middle because I could just be, like, owning myself. Yeah, let let never a bad idea to not isolate. You know, it's 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 never a good idea to isolate ourselves against like the strongest portion of his range out of position, super duper yeah. deep. So, totally exactly. on board. Okay, so so so, so, so what's the turn. Yeah, the turn is the four of diamonds, right? Hmm. So it brings in a backdoor flush draw, 
Uh, there's two diamonds on the board now. I can figure out the like suits really quickly for the flop if you guys want me to. Uh, that's okay. I've got I've got okay. that. We I actually already had included the five of diamonds, so back to our okay. flesh draws here, and we do not have a diamond. Uh, right. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's we the that's the two relevant points. So the six and the deuce don't matter. Five. Yeah. And obviously now there's a one-liner out there, a very unlikely one. Yeah, like the only three that he should really have here is ace three. Yeah. And like that's, I think, four betting at a pretty low frequency. I think ace three would just like fall my three bet this deep in position. He's probably mixing, but yeah. But yeah, it, I, very little ace yeah. three. Yeah. Ace three was like 20%, I think, when I checked. It's just like Ace three doesn't really like to war bet bluff that often since it just has like way less playability than Ace four and Ace five suited. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So. Okay. I assume you checked. Yeah, I checked. And what did you do? And he checked back. Right. Okay. I'd say that's a good We're... sign because we we probably don't have a ton of threes in our range either. So, yeah. you know, to my, to Mike's point and to our discussion on the flop where it's basically, you know, this this board doesn't really interact with either of our ranges. So when he checks back, it feels like we're going to have the best hand at this point most of the yeah. time. Yeah, no, for sure. I didn't, I think that, you know, aces and kings would keep on barreling here to get value from, like, you know, like a wide range of hands that I have to call here, like jacks, tens, queens, um, I thought this would still continue barreling turn, and it would be weird to trap here with uh, aces or kings. That, that's what I was thinking in the moment, right? Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. An interesting mm -hmm. question, though, is what's the strongest hand you think he would check here? The strongest hand he would check? Yeah. Hmm. The strongest hand that he would check here on 6-5 deuce 4 well, strongest hand he would check here would be ace three. That's like the only straight that he would have. And you think right? he would check that some portion of the time? Mm, yeah, he would check that some portion of the time because at this point, like you know, I do have like queens, jacks, and kings, aces in my range, but like a good portion of my range will also be you know ace king off, ace queen suited with a backdoor, uh, ace jack suited with a backdoor, a lot of ace x, right? A lot of ace highs. And, and he maybe would, with ace-three specifically, would want you to, like, stab at the river. Or yeah, hit. stab at the river, catch up. Yeah, like, know? if you hit an yeah, ace, right? That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so, I think he can also... I'm like, go on. I, I think he can also probably check back some diamond draws with showdown value. Mm -hmm. Like, if he has ace-king, we were just talking about checking back. Actually, flush draws the showdown value earlier in the podcast, so perfect, mm -hmm. perfect uh, callback. Where you know if he's got a, a suited like Broadway of diamonds, especially an right. ace high, where he might be best some portion of the time, he can probably check back and realize his equity. Right, that's, right, that's a good decent. Yeah, amount. probably ace king or ace queen of diamonds are checked here a decent amount. Mm -hmm. right. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And... So he would, yeah. So you check back ace king, ace queen of diamonds, but. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, okay, so he checks back. All right, so then what is the river? The river is a complete brick, right? It's a two of hearts. And totally. I decide to bet on this card, right? There's like 974 in the pot. I go for around half pot. Well, I bet 500, 
right? Targeting, you know, Ace King High, which has showdown value here. Some of the bluffs that he could have, like Ace Five, that you know has a pair here, Jacks and Tens, right? That's the range that I'm targeting at this point. Okay. And you know, we're then put in a terrible spot. I get raised to two thousand nine hundred dollars. So for for anyone who's just listening, just to quickly re review the action, uh, we're playing five-handed in a two-two game with a two-dollar ante. Um, so there's fifteen dollars of dead money basically. Um, the cutoff is a good reg and opens uh, to twenty. We three bet to eighty. He four bets to three twenty. We just call with queen of spades, queen of hearts. Uh, we checked a six-five deuce rainbow flop uh, and called a twenty percent pot C bet. The turn is a four that brings in a backdoor diamond draw and checks through. And now the river is a brick. It pairs the bottom card. It does not bring in the flush. Uh, we bet 500 into 975, and he raises to 2,900 off about a 4.8k stack. Uh, and this is a terrible spot. Back to the hand. You are absolutely right. Yeah, I'm in misery at this point, right? I asked the person that's, like, uh, hosting the game to, like, pause it for a bit so that I have to, like, time to think about about this decision and I'm like dude does he play aces or kings like this right that's like the first question I ask him to ask myself right he's like those are the two most obvious value candidates that I think about in a four bet pot right yeah I mean just real quick too I just want to think about like you have to call here 2400 right is that right and yeah you yeah I have to call 2400 more to win 1900 no to win 2900 plus 1500 right to win 45 is that right basically yeah yeah it sounds about right so you're getting like slightly worse than two to one yeah i'm right. not getting good odds to call here yeah so he has so you're wondering like would he do this with aces and kings i mean that's an that's question. that's the first thought that i came with my head right and i'm like i don't think he takes this line with aces or kings like i think he definitely bets turn right I don't, yeah, I guess understand. I don't see why he would take this line with aces and kings. Like, it's not like he's getting more money in this way than he would have, right? If he bets turn mm -hmm. and then bets river, I think he gets more money in anyway. Yeah, but then I started thinking, right? Like, he took a similar trap line to me when he was out of position to me, where, like, he checked a boat on the river, and I bet, and he, like, check-raised me after, like, checking two streets. And I'm like, I mean, he's shown that he's balanced and that... He, he definitely could have value here, right? But I think these hands in particular, aces and kings, that, you know, might need some protection, I don't think they would do this. And especially aces and kings, like, they don't want, like, tens to see, like, a queen, ace, or a king on the river, right? So they would continue betting turn to, you know, avoid me seeing scare cards. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, and I also, I think it's, like, what is the strongest hand you would ever have here is also an interesting question, because I think yeah. he's got to be thinking about that if he's, you know, raising so large. Like, I think mm -hmm. the strongest hand you ever have is aces, right? Uh, I think the strongest hand I have here is sixes. But to, aren't you betting more than half pot with sixes? Mm -hmm. Are you yeah, betting, because you have the nuts if you have sixes. Here once he checks back the turn. Right. Well, I mean, if you think he's checking back ace three some of the time, like, mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk and, you know, and I mean, if you think he's basically checking back like ace three and like bluffs, then like mm -hmm. if we're betting, we probably have to. Back queens, which you, you know, here, if he had queens, he might check it back on the turn two. 
I yeah. think Queens, Jacks, and Tens all definitely check back on the turn. And betting huge here is probably like too greedy of a bet. For target like a range that has a lot of these pairs and also has like a lot of like ace king highs, right? That check back turn. Like I think ace three is like a very small part of his range. Sure. And you know, we probably can we we probably can like bet huge to target those. But I think since it's such a small part of this range and, you know, a lot more of this range comprises of, like, these strong ace highs and these strong pairs that have, like, a ton of showdown value, uh, I think I, I would have sixes that bet this size for that reason. I mean, fair enough. And, I mean, mm -hmm. you are going to, of course, check-raise the flop probably some amount of the time with sixes. But, you yeah, know, you will, point taken, you would have sixes here for this sizing. Um, but, yeah, I would that, definitely have ace you are yeah. going to rip it with sixes here, right? So yeah. you're, that's not a hand you can call with anyway. So yeah. it's like, yeah. what's the best hand you would have to call with here? Sort best of. hand to call with definitely aces. Yeah. Definitely aces. And it's interesting, too, that, like, yeah, so you could have aces, right? You could have kings. Mm -hmm. I mean, for him to take this sizing... It's so weird. I mean, it's really, it's really sort of bizarre. I'm like, is he even really repping over pairs at this point? Well, something I was gonna, I, I would say here, we haven't really discussed his bluffs yet, but I would say, you know, yeah. an, uh, aces, kings, and queens without a diamond is, is kind of important because, you know, if he's got ace x of diamonds, you know, like yeah. ace king, ace queen, ace jack of diamonds that he checked back the turn yeah. with, you know, he can, you know, maybe he's kind of thinking, you know, I have an ace. So I'm blocking aces. So yes, I'm you know I'm obviously blocking like his bluffs because I have two diamonds. But like, you know, that it's mm -hmm. it's it's blocking aces. So it's uh it's a good it's a solid bluff candidate to rep it. It's you know kind of yeah, no, kind of interesting. No you know, without at least not the, the point there being just you know us not having a diamond is a definitely a a positive attribute of our hand. Mm -hmm. But like I'm like, is this six x raise size on the river? It, do, do eight over pairs even take this line? Right. right. And I think you're right that they don't. I, I really don't think yeah. they do. It seems very odd to me. It just seems like a really, like, maybe this an over pair is played this way some percentage of the time, but it's certainly, mm -hmm. like, of the 12 combos of aces and kings that exist, maybe he would do this, like, with three of them. What, what about ace-deuce? Yeah. What about the two combos of ace-deuce? That's, that's what I was thinking yeah. about, right? So, yeah. now, let's think about other value he has besides aces and kings. And I'm like, okay, ace deuce and ace three, right? Yep. So if I don't think he's doing this with aces and kings, I lose to ace deuce and ace three, which is like ace deuce and ace three suited. It's a pretty small portion of his range, right? So there's two combos of ace deuce suited, right? And I think he can definitely, you know, do this with ace deuce suited because, like, how do I ever have trips here, right? Right. And how do I really even ever have a straight here? Like, he has the nuts with ace deuce. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think he's definitely allowed to take this sizing with ace deuce. I just, mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't know. I kind of want to fold here because mm -hmm. I, like, as, as, as much as you said he's, like, a good player, and I believe mm -hmm. you, I mean, I don't know him very well, but I believe you that he is capable. Like, there's so few bluffs here that make much sense. Like, mm -hmm. like I actually think, like, Ace King might just call you. I mean, it can mm -hmm. be like he can have the best hand here with Ace King, you know. Right. So, 
I mean, Ace King of Diamonds specifically blocks the flush draws, and so probably should be taken this way. Ace Queen of Diamonds similarly, but like, um, so like those are bluffs. But like, right. other than that, I mean, those are bluffs that are sort of obvious. But God, mm -hmm. you know, he has like the value range here is so narrow. I don't know. Yeah, but it's I, it's I weird just... too though, because like. There's four combos of ace three. There's two combos of ace deuce suited, right? But to, to your yeah. point, off, you know, he's those as you pointed out are kind of the weaker end of the of the like five bet bluffs, right? Or four bet bluffs, and he's yeah. more likely to do that with like ace five suited or mm -hmm. or ace four suited, whereas ace three and ace deuce are probably done less. So of those six combos, you know, we probably only don't want to give him like all six at full frequency, right? Yeah. So that that's yeah. another aspect where the the value range is even thinner than it appears if you kind of give him that if you think he's kind of playing close to to optimal and not three betting those hands or not four betting those right. hands a whole time yeah no his value range is pretty thin here and then i started thinking about his bluffs right and given this line like what i was thinking about it looks like a hand that um you know has picked up showdown value or has showdown value and then upon facing a river bet realizes it doesn't really have much showdown value versus the range i'm betting on the river so could he be doing this with like jacks or tens? Uh, you think? I'd probably do, be doing this with jacks. No, do you think he'd he do you think he'd be ten. taking this line with jacks or tens? Where when you make no, a no, bet, I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about jacks and tens, right? Like I ace think four? I was thinking about ace four, ace five, ace king, ace queen. Interesting. Yeah, those were the blocks that I had for him. I think it's interesting though. I don't think ace king and ace queen. Are very likely besides of diamond specifically like mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm holding those hands especially the ace king i i think i'm probably just gonna call especially getting such a like getting three to one on the river like you can mm -hmm. have a lot of air here I right I, I think you can yeah i think mm -hmm. you can have just like I, I think ace queen starts to get questionable but ace king like you could have ace yeah. queen ace jack ace 10 with a backdoor that called the flop right you just right like, so you can also have like suited connectors with mm -hmm. the backdoor like had a, maybe a straight draw somewhere like you can have all of that stuff so i think mm -hmm. I, if i have ace king in his spot like unless it is specifically ace king of diamonds i think i'm just calling i don't know how much showdown value ace king actually has here though i mean yeah like i would be probably be bluffing worse ace highs and suited connectors that i arrived to the river with right like but uh, what suited connectors do i have here uh six seven is a pair uh, seven eight is the nuts, basically. Uh, I think I'm folding nine ten pre. Like the only four five is also like, you know, four five is a pair. Yeah, you're, you're right. Really there's, probably, a bluff. there's probably not really suited mm -hmm. connectors here, but I, I do think like worst ace high. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right that he might be turning some portion of his ace highs into a bluff here. Certainly, I mean he does block right. your aces, which of course you're snapping this off with the aces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I thought about this. I'm like, okay, it, it just doesn't. I don't think he has an overpair here. I don't think an overpair takes this line right. Like, I'd be more inclined to fold if he like bet, bet, and then bet again because that just looks like aces or kings, right? Yeah, it is but, interesting given what you've said about him being trappy because, like, it is, it isn't, it isn't impossible that he does this with aces and it's kings. Not it's not impossible, but I think it's unlikely with an overpair. Yeah, it's so weird because to Mike's point, it's like it doesn't get more money in. Like, mm -hmm. it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, 
And, you know, with this 6x sizing, I just I just feel like he's repping stronger than an overpair here. That's like the value range that he's trying to portray, right? Because I, I have aces and kings here as well. Yeah, but if you think he would even do this with aces, like, a mm -hmm. little bit of the time, it does add more value combos to yeah, pretty narrow yeah. value range. So it, may, it matters. I don't know. This has got to be a pretty marginal spot. Like, I, I think it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe you just flip a coin here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was in agony, and then I, I was like, okay, ace five, ace four, ace queen, and then some combos of ace king, right? That he could be turning into a bluff here. Sure. And eventually, should I like tell the decision I made? Yeah, I think uh, so. All because you know it's. Um, the one that's definitely capable of finding bluffs here. We call and then we win against a six of clubs. A six of clubs. Wow, nice call, man. Uh, thank you, thank you. I guess it kind of. I mean, I guess that does kind of make sense to, for a, a bluff raise for him because I, you know, to your point about how, you know he might also not raise over pairs because we do have like sets in our range. And so A6 mm -hmm. blocks aces and blocks sets and unblocks diamonds. Like, that's probably a pretty good, probably a pretty good one. Yeah, no, it was a crazy bluff by him. I'm like, why, why, I mean, I was thinking about, like, why you turn a hand into a bluff, right? And he's like, yeah, I just don't think, you know, you're betting ace-king here. I don't think, you know, my hand is good enough to call with just A6. So I thought I could fold you off, like, queens and jacks and maybe kings, yeah, I kind of agree with Mike, though, that, like, this hand is probably mm -hmm. fine to call with. Like, it just yeah. beats so much crap in your range, like... Mm -hmm. Like, this is... A, right, he's getting three to one, right? Like, so... Are there... Is one quarter of your range bluffs here? Well, he's, he's getting like, two to one, right? He's getting two to one, and he needs... So he needs, like, 33% equity. Mm -hmm. So, on the river, you bet half pot, right? So he gets yeah, two to one, pot. and he has to be good 30-ish percent of the time, no, right? he's get There's... He has to call 500 to win 1500. He's getting 3 to 1. I think the odds don't quite. It's I, That's okay. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Whatever. I mean, I, I think you have enough bluffs there that he can just call with A6. Quite big. Hmm. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he thinks that I'm under blocking this spot, right? Which is why he jammed. He thinks I mainly have value here. I mean, I disagree with him on that. Um, I don't have many bluffs here. My bluff here will probably be Ace Queen suited. Uh, Ace Jack suited, right? That I call with because I'm deep, and then I don't have enough showdown value trying to fold out Ace King. And then and I guess it's right. Well, I guess if it's not unreasonable then if he if he really doesn't think that you have a set and he has mm -hmm. an ace, so he's blocking the aces, then it's not terrible to raise because if he thinks that like your hands are mostly value that you're gonna fold or bluffs that you're gonna fold. Like yeah. then I then I do I I do kind of understand the raise like if you know the point yeah, if, if the point is that you have more bluffs that's probably not a point against raising now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. yeah it's like if he I guess he is blocking like the thickest value portion of your range so it does make some sense I, I don't know I don't hate his play at all I mean I think it's pretty nah cool. I thought it was a really good play very I cool mean, very cool and creative spot. Yeah, I was put in like a you know gut wrenching spot with queens. Um, well, great so call. Pretty thick. I'm like, hey, I probably would fold there against like, you know, 95, 96% of all players because they're not finding bluffs there. But, you know, shout out Kai. He's definitely, you know, one of the best players I played with. And he is capable of finding these bluffs. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a very good bluff. So. Mm -hmm. But 
I think we got to wrap it up here, but thanks for coming on again, Off. For sure, no problem. Another off the rails hand. If we need just crazy big hands <laughs> with wild action and awesome bluffs, we know who to call. Yeah, no, there are some insane thoughts from time to time, yeah. All, All right, thanks well, for having me on, uh, Mike and Josh. Of course, our pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and uh, listening to us talk about our talk about our hands. Uh, you know, we're very excited to have you along. You should press that like button if you're excited. You should leave a comment if you're excited or angry, uh, and you should press the subscribe button also. Yeah, get those numbers up. We love it. It uh, makes us feel good things. For sure. Thank All you. right. Good night, guys. All right. Good night, everybody.